Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. It sure does. This is so exciting. <laughs> Talking to other people who are in their own audio caves as well. Loving it. <laughs> Loving it. I am thrilled and I'm genuinely mean that to be speaking to Sarah Mielli and Callum Patterson of the Audio Story Company. How are you today? We're good. Yes, really, yeah. really good. Wait, yeah. This is the first time we've uh, been in our recording studio together so it's nice and cozy it's quite exciting actually to be in here at the same time <laughs> yeah we were sort of trying to figure out if we could both fit actually yeah. <laughs> um but we can as it turns out and i'm yeah. i'm very really in here which is really interesting uh yeah the, the bear cave studios we've uh, nicknamed it um uh, but yeah i'm i'm honestly i obviously put it together but i'm never in here <laughs> forever enough i'm i'm oh, delighted you've picked you've picked the podcast to, to come into your own bear cave for for a recording but um last year i obviously saw online that you guys were doing something exciting sarah you and i have worked together callum i've met you once in the tron bar (laughs) i just put you in the tron bar there i was like (laughs) it was obviously after a production Callum. like it wasn't like you prop up the bar or anything i mean it might well have been i mean we just we can't rule that out but um the point of me saying that was that I already know you guys, but in terms of the audio story company, this is like brand new territory. So I'm dead excited to learn all about it because everything that I've seen online, I totally love it. So I guess before we really get into the nitty gritty, do you have an elevator pitch for the audio story company? Do we? Yeah, kind of, I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think one of the, the beautiful things about it, Lisa, is that we're still like figuring out what it is for us as well mm. but i guess if you would sum it up yeah. in a sentence which is what we've been asked to do quite a lot recently mm. um as we are passionate storytellers who make creative immersive audio content for young audiences uh that's it in a nutshell yeah i think that sounds about right <laughs> yeah that's the thing it's it's been able to sum it up and i think with the podcast as well like a that mission statement if you know like it's a podcast about people and their passions I've just kind of always gravitated towards back towards that. Anything that I'm doing, any guests that I'm asking to come on, it's just like, are you a person who's passionate about what you're doing? Great, let's let's talk kind of thing. And I think it's important to have that, that you you know, wherever the audio story company goes, that you're always going back to that, like, why did we start this? So before we get into why you started it, I'm dead interested to know, like, obviously I'm very keen on storytelling and stories in general. I wonder, like, individually, is there a standout story or standout stories that for you just captivated you as a young person? Oh, that's hard, but I like I it. I like <laughs> it. Um, I think it. I can't think of a of a story like a like a story I read or, or listened to. That's I don't know, like a proper story. But mm-hmm. in my family, we like loved 
storytelling and my my papa my granddad um used to tell us uh, bedtime stories whenever they were babysitting us and he did a whole series this whole series about Willie the worm and that was our bedtime stories about Willie the worm he went on all these adventures and he would just make them up on the spot which thinking about that now I'm like that was amazing because when I try and do that with my nieces on the spot it is hard work and like they're quite picky they're like no no I don't want that to happen something else or like where's this character and you're like oh hang on let me just check who I missed out in that story um, so that that always like stays with me and like just that fun storytelling and sharing that experience I guess that was always lovely I think I sort of grew up on like the classics like the famous five and the secret seven and stuff like that like uh, I remember always having like various kinds of Enid Blyton books kicking about (laughs) um I mean I I sort of you know I think subconsciously or unconsciously like never really appreciated how much I, I enjoyed storytelling when I was a kid because um, I was like I was so sporty actually like growing up like I'd play football and like basketball and like running and stuff like so I never really like was conscious of like anything else that was sort of happening around me you know I remember times like I remember being on holiday and my dad telling us like a ghost story uh, when we were staying in a cottage and I remember not being able to sleep for about four days um, and yeah I'll never sort of forget that and he did like a different part each night mm. so like it didn't you know every night we just went sleeping obviously I was like staring at the window expecting someone <laughs> to come in and, and snap me uh, and I can't even remember what the, what the story was about to be fair I just remember being absolutely terrified um, but loving it so I guess you know uh, on an unconscious level I think storytelling has always been a part of who I am and a part of like my my upbringing um, without really thinking about it, which I think was uh, probably good because, you know, you know, when you're at a young age, you don't want to like have to think about, oh, why am I reading this story? Why am I being told this story? You just want to enjoy it ultimately. And I think that's uh, what I uh, benefited from. It's making me think of that quote, that Maya Angelou quote, like it's not what they said or what they did. It's how they made you feel. I think that's like the thing about stories. It's taking you back to a time like you can just feel that you were scared or you feel that you were happy in that moment or, you know, that that kind of like nostalgic element to stories as well. Like you don't necessarily need to remember absolutely everything about the narrative. It's just like, how did you feel in that moment? It's It's got the ability to totally time travel. Yeah, yeah, totally. absolutely. I think that's one of the beautiful things about storytelling is just the the transcendent nature of it. It can be anything you want it to be, you know. And as, as a kid growing up, that that was the case without knowing it. It was anything that we wanted it to be, hmm. uh, and that I think you only appreciate that now yeah, that you, you can sort it. of critically think yeah. about it. But hmm. you don't think of like that when you're a child, obviously. Yeah, like you know, Blighton for me as well was like the be all and end all. That the faraway tree, I can still taste the biscuits. There was like a a description of biscuits it just I mean the power of words and storytelling and but I think it's one thing like reading a story but then being told a story is like a whole other thing you know the way that someone can put that story across to you and really bring everything to life and this is where you guys come in beautifully so before we get I'm, I'm like totally teasing everybody with the audio story company but before we get there you both individually definitely have picked paths career paths professional paths and that you tell stories but in your own very unique way so Sarah actor voice artist arts facilitator I mean you do you've done a lot and you do a lot in your career like was that always going to be the plan you were going to go and study and be an actor um yeah I think so uh I always loved like drama and and uh (laughs) I want to say being the center of attention growing up I loved putting on performances and like 
telling stories and um, I had lots of different hobbies when I was younger but drama was always con- like consistent and then I found out about drama school being this place you can go and you and you study it and I was like oh that's that sounds like what I want to do but it, it took me five years to get into drama school and so in that time I did so much other stuff which I think is why now I do so many things and I think um, although yes like I am an actor and that's what I trained in I think uh, everything else feeds into it as well. So being an arts facilitator and then the voiceover work and all the other wee bits and pieces that I do. And um, I think that only makes you better as an actor, but also like it's just so exciting in life. Like it's really hard sometimes to pick one thing. So I'm so um, grateful that I get to do lots of different things. They're all related to the same thing, you know, to to arts and to drama, but I get to do all these different things. So yeah, it's been an interesting path, but then by doing all these different things, it's led me to where I am now. And I'm so grateful for all of that experience, I think. Of course, of course, yeah. yeah, and I think it's that's the joy of it. Like you, you can almost like dip your toe or like totally immerse yourself in one area for a while, but it's not to say like oh you're spinning too many plates. Like sometimes there's just a time where you're working on that, and you know. But then you have that skill and ability and experience to then go into this different world because of course they all cross over, they all talk mm. to each other, and it's lovely that you have that ability and opportunity to go between different worlds it's an absolute joy to do that yeah and it keeps you going I think in, in the arts especially like I, I know very few people that just do one thing and I think that's part of what the arts is in that career and also just the sort of sustaining yourself and and you know keeping yourself uh, excited and engaged by the work like is doing all these different things like I don't yeah I don't think I know anyone that just does one thing which is really interesting <laughs> you're like don't make me see any elevator pitch for myself because well I do this and I do a wee bit of that exactly. <laughs> what about you Callum I think I've got a slightly less defined path uh to where I have stumbled upon to um and I use stumble in the you know the, the truest sense of the word like I never grew up thinking I wanted to work in theatre or work in uh you know, sound and music. Um, it wasn't until sort of my teens where I really discovered like my love for like music. Um, but when I was a kid, I, I mean, I think like most kids, I was like, I'm going to be a professional footballer. Like that was what I was like, I was going to be. And obviously, to be a professional footballer, you need to be like right good at football. And I just was like not very good at football. Like I was all right, but I wasn't brilliant. So like that dream hit me in the hit me in the backside quite hard. But then yeah, I sort of discovered. Uh, music music was my my first uh, like true passion and love and i never ever uh, thought it would have led me into to theater but i wanted to be a musician i was like well f- okay i'm not going to be a footballer i'm going to be a rock star actually you know i'm going to be uh, a liam gallagher or like you know cuz you know i sort of loved 90s 90s indie music and britpop mm-hmm. throughout the the uh, the early 2000s as well yeah so i played drums guitar bass and piano um, wow. and uh, I'm not very good at the piano, actually. Like it's probably my my least good instrument. But like, yeah, I took drum lessons since I was like 11. Like I played, uh, you know, up to like grade eight and stuff like that. And uh, so yeah, so like music was like what I thought. Oh, I could probably do this. But then I realised actually to be a professional musician, you need to be a right good musician. <laughs> and I wasn't a right good musician. Like I was fairly good, but I wasn't like anywhere near the standard that you had to be. So so I so I left school and I studied music. So I actually studied music. I was like, right, well I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna do. Uh and then very quickly I was like, this is not what I'm gonna do. Um and then flitted around doing like every job under the sun just to sort of get some money together and like 
to try and decide what it was I was going to do or what I was going to be. And then uh, I'd, so I'd done amateur pantomime, which is, I guess that's how a lot of people sort of get into, you know, the theatrical arts is doing like your local amateur pantos in my local church. Uh, and I only did that because my sister did it. I actually was just a bit jealous of her and um, <laughs> was like, no, nah, that seems pretty cool. I might be able to do that. I uh, did that for uh, like a number of years and then, yeah, I had a point in my life where I was like, what on earth am I doing with myself? Like, I'm not, like, you know, working all these stupid little odd jobs, like night shift in a petrol station and stuff like that when I was younger. And I'm like, what am I doing? And decided, okay, I'm going to try and make a go of this this theatre stuff. Like, not knowing that sound design was a thing. Like, had no idea that was a thing. I was like, you know, I didn't know I could make sound and music and people would, like, pay to see it. You know, that way, like, the light bulb moment of going, oh, this is a thing. But yeah, so I uh, I applied for, to RCS. I remember like just going to the the interview um, and sitting with the head of the course, and uh, she was like, "So what are you going to do if you don't get in?" And I was like, "I literally have no idea. I'm not lying to you. I literally don't know. If I do not get into this, I genuinely haven't a clue what I'm going to do." Um, and luckily, they said yes, and I studied production tech, uh, production technology. Decided. Okay, I'm going to give this a right good go, and uh, and I guess now you could call me an actual sound designer because that's yeah. predominantly what I do. But if it's sound and music for any type of performance or recorded media, I kind of do it now. But yeah, so that's that's literally my my stumble. But it's again, it's going back to that no wrong path, which I think was like the kind of hashtag of last year for young people. And I think it's so true like there, there isn't a correct way of doing it. And like sometimes it is that figuring out of what do I like? What is out there for me? What, you know, like almost like you have to like try before you buy type thing as well. It's lovely that you did have a passion for music and that you've still been able to like hold on to that, even though if it's in like a kind of different, down a different pathway. But I wonder in your careers thus far, in terms of like stories that you've been able to tell through your work, is there like a standout story that you've been involved in that just really has stayed with you? Uh, yeah, I think for me, I mean, I've been fairly fortunate that I've managed to like um, be involved in some like pretty good and pretty big projects. Actually, like I can't honestly believe that how fortunate I've been actually, and like four or five years of actually working professionally that I've done the amount of work that I've done like I'm really really um lucky actually uh but yeah I mean I think stories that I feel are like really really important to tell and one of the reasons why I was so so keen to get onto this production was the Cheevy at the Stag and the Black Black Oil and uh, I remember seeing it and thinking this is probably the most important piece of theatrical storytelling uh, that I've ever seen and been like so impassioned by it uh, to the point where I befriended the sound designer MJ and like essentially made him be my friend um, <laughs> and I've not let go of him ever since uh, so obviously when I went back out on tour I was again very fortunate to be asked to be the associate sound designer for it and, and to tour it around uh, Scotland I just think it's such an important story uh, especially being Scottish and being you know a proud Scot I think everybody sh- needs to hear the, the, the truth of that story but how lovely that you connected with that story just as a, an audience member and then all of a sudden you're you're part of that story and, and yeah telling it. it's, it's it wonderful it's so so lovely actually to to have that sort of full circle moment of mm-hmm. uh you know sitting in the audience thinking this is amazing to actually 
being a part of it and you know helping tell that story to to more and more people uh i feel really really lucky that i, I was able to do that well you have used the word luck a few times there come but i mean obviously skill and ability and talent will be yeah i think well luck's an interesting word like i'm a big believer in you make your own luck actually so when i say that i'm lucky i put myself in the best possible position in order to be lucky it's not an easy road to get there uh but I've worked bloody hard. I think we use luck a lot in the arts as well because, well, for me personally, I don't know how you feel. You're Often you don't feel con- in control of your career a lot of the time. So I think that's part of the reason we say it. Like, oh, I was lucky to get that. But actually, you kind of dismiss all the work that you do do to get to those places. And what about you, Sarah, in terms of stories that you've been able to to tell or be part of and other people telling, you know, it could be any project that you've, you've been lucky enough to work on? It's, it's really hard. I've done a, a lot of, uh, recently a lot of, well, not recently as in the last year, but pre, pre-coronavirus, um, I was doing quite a lot of work for theatre for young people and young audiences and children, um, which is really exciting because actually, although I was quite lucky and was exposed to theatre growing up, when I was like l- younger, like primary age, there wasn't, I, d- I don't remember seeing too much theatre or if I did kind of, when I hit 11, 12, it was like a lot of musicals and then eventually I found like, other theatre so being part of that for like little ones is really exciting like I did a show um with uh, a company called Frozen Charlotte and it was called Valentina's Galaxy it was the third version of it and it was all about um the first women in space and then the first uh, uh women of color in space and it was really cool because uh, there was all these little kids especially like young girls like watching these like two astronauts and being like you can go into space and you can do this and I was like that's so cool and like that storytelling and what you can give them and and whatever they remember, because obviously they're quite young, so you don't know how that they'll remember that when they're older, but whatever impression that leaves or the little bits they take with them is so exciting. Um, so I think, yeah, I've done quite a lot of productions for young audiences that I just think are amazing for storytelling, for, for what they get out of it. And they're also the, the funnest audiences to play to because they just have no boundaries. They do what they want, they say what they want, whenever they want, doesn't matter if you're talking or not. They're like, hello, um, which I love. Why is she speaking in that funny voice, Mum? Why is she doing that in her head? so much of that and I think there was one one part where um I took off a like a pretend space helmet and this one wee kid was like she can't do that in space she can't breathe she can't do that and I was like it's okay just pretend like <laughs> I love it <laughs> it's so funny out of the mouth of babes yeah. <laughs> but you know we all collectively as a group sitting here right now know the joy of being in creative spaces to get to that point where you put something on stage where something becomes alive and there's an audience in front and you're like oh geez right okay you know you're putting your baby out in the world but we know the joy of being in those creative spaces and having your say and having your input into what goes in to that final production you know obviously working from a text or working with directors or you know essentially you're trying to get to that final vision and there might be somebody at the head of that but you take those moments with you with every job that you do and with every creative endeavour that you're going on. It's like these wee nuggets, even if you're not conscious of it, these wee nuggets of information that you're just collecting and experiences will then be able to kind of translate into the next project, especially things that you then go on to create by yourself, like the audio story company. <laughs> that was a wonderful segue. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. I like that because I was like, run the hoose season up and down. <laughs> Brilliant. My classic storytelling like style, if you like, is like just keep talking until we make some yes. sort of sense. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure if it was the whole lockdown COVID-19 sitch that we obviously are all still in the middle of, 
But I think I was on Instagram, as I have been for the last year and a bit, and I was like, wait a minute, what is this? Oh my word, it's Sarah Mealy and Callum Patterson. What are they up to? What's this exciting project? So how did this all come about? So yeah, it kind of did start actually lockdown COVID-19. Very simply, um, during the first lockdown, we were trying to stay in touch with my nieces. I've got two nieces who are um, seven and three. Uh, well, I've got more nieces than that. I've got another new one that was born during lockdown. That's another story. Ah. Um, and we were, you know, skyping with them and and uh, chatting with them and trying to entertain them. And you know, my my brother and sister in law were trying to homeschool and everything. And uh, and obviously, we weren't working in the arts. We came sort of March, and loads of our work got cancelled, and we were all sort of a bit up in the air. What do we do? And we decided to write a story for Orla and Mara that was about them. And we recorded it, and you sound designed it, and we sent it to them. And my brother, bless him, managed to sort of slightly record the whole thing of them listening to it and sent us a video of them, like, listening to the story all about them. And it was, their reactions to it were, like, so cute, especially the little one. I think every time we said her name, her name's Mara, you could just see the video going, that's me, that's my (laughs) name. And, like, they were buzzing. It was really sweet. And, uh they were like great like do you have more stories and we were like oh okay they want more like what should we do and we came up with all these other sort of ideas um, and we thought about how we could maybe like reach other young people and that's kind of where the ball started mm. and the first sort of project we did kind of as audio story company which we sort of which no one had that name first of all which was amazing wasn't it when you were looking it up yeah because I don't know why the name came to me it just felt because it's not as if all we do is tell audio stories but it's it you care. know, the, the combination it's of obvious. audio and storytelling, like it just felt like the, the perfect sort of blend without being too obvious. Um, yeah, and I, I like Googled it. I was like, uh, I'm going to see if this like is a thing. And it wasn't a thing. And I was like, well, I'm going to buy this. Uh, so I bought the domain before we'd even decided what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and then, so we were wanting to make more stuff for our nieces obviously but also we were like speaking to my brother he was like you know this is really great like maybe other families or young people could be interested in this especially in lockdown when theatres are closed and you know how do young people access the arts but also how do you keep them entertained at home and we were quite interested in audio work because well obviously it covers both of our skills so me as sort of an actor voiceover artist and Calm as like a sound designer so it fitted perfectly and we had this wee studio that we'd built at home for working in but we were also interested in like creating things that were like a non-screen activity for young people, especially during this time when obviously so much is online and you and you need to access things via a screen. And we were also kind of interested in like mental health and well-being, especially seeing my nieces like things that would cheer them up or keep them motivated. And what was such a hard time for anyone to navigate, but especially young people. So I think it was like a combination of all those things and then our, our first proper project was these audio adventures which is um, a big part of what we do now which is again combining the sort of storytelling and the mindfulness so you know it invites listeners to young listeners to close their eyes and we take them through this world with sound and music like a different landscape and then it's all about how they imagine it from what they've heard and then there's you know wee activities that they can do to explore everything they heard on this wee adventure so that was kind of where it all started and and then since then, we've been like branching out and doing all kinds of things and ideas and just trying stuff out, really. Love it. It's just that experimentation. Like, it's almost like you start with a seed of an idea and then you're like, gosh, we could tell so many stories in so many different ways. I mean, I have to say, like, I, I was in the bath this morning with my eyes closed listening to one of your stories. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> just for that visual for you. There you go. <laughs> I think like that's what I've written down. Let's let's skip past that very quickly. But 
but I think it is really important that mindful aspect and the, the use of the imagination. And I'm not saying that visual things on YouTube and stuff don't do that, but I think yeah. the minute you take away that stimulus and that you're forced to paint a picture in your mind, mm. then tick, you're, you're there in terms of like mindfulness. Do you know what I mean? Like just being able to home, hone in on just one experience and, and let your imagination run wild and paint the picture in your head that you're not being prescribed like this story on a page or on a screen kind of thing I think that is lovely absolutely and we didn't know if it would work actually like because we, we tested it out didn't we on, on Orla and Mara my nieces yeah. and um, and because the idea was this thing of like we invite them to close their eyes just to sort of get that experience and also to be sort of active listening and the mindfulness and so there's some instructions and at the start of the of the audio so we tried it out on them and I was like, oh, I don't know if it'll work. Like they might not want to, you know, close their eyes or sit still or whatever. And then my brother phoned me afterwards and was like, they loved it. And he thought the little one sort of instantly got on the sofa, curled up in a ball and closed her eyes. And he was like, oh, she's just going to have a wee nap. But then at the end, she woke up and was like, daddy, daddy, I heard this. Did you hear this? And and I was doing this and like going here. And I was like, oh, it worked. It was amazing. I mean, I think the first uh, iterations of the audio adventures, they were such an experiment mm. for us and for like, you know, all in Mara, who bless them, are our uh, guinea pigs. Or, you <laughs> know, everything. Um, yeah, I think we just wanted to, you know, have a bit of fun as well. Like when it first started, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of lockdown, throughout all the sleepless nights and, you mm-hmm. know, the panic and the anxiety, you know, I don't think we, we, we never initially like sort of set out to be like, we're going to be this company, we're going to do yeah. this, and we're going to do that. We, you know, we wanted to do something really fun for our nieces and then, when the opportunities sort of presented themselves like to collaborate with Pace, yeah. um, which is how the sort of the, the audio adventures that we know now, how they sort of came about. Mm. Um, uh, we thought, well, there, there is a bit of a market here and there's, there's opportunities. Um, so yeah. We, and it felt good to be using our, our skills when we weren't able to like in the traditional ways, you know, and we were like, okay, well we're doing something that hopefully will, be a positive offering but also it's for us it's like great to have a creative outlet and if people are interested in us making that work and and working with us we were like oh this could really be be something and it kind of it's nice in general to have something that is your own project and that you're in control of it because like we said earlier the arts can be so out of your control sometimes mm. you feel but especially this year to have something that was ours and that we could sort of focus on and and that we could control has has been really beneficial for our mental mm, health too actually yeah, totally. I think yeah 100% that's the thing like and it's nice like it's kind of been that organic process like you just it was like an idea that you just fancied doing something creative because that's what you would normally be doing you'd be out making things with other people and it's like well we're in the house and we've got a cupboard and we can we've got the tech and we've got the own house let's let's just make something and it's lovely that it has grown arms and legs from there and it is now this like more official for want of a better word thing that you're now putting out into the world for other people to to consume it's not just your nieces and yeah if there is like a wee niche or a gap in the market that's lovely it's like when I started my dance troupe like I didn't go well there's no 1940s 50s inspired dance troupe so I'm gonna make one like I made it because I love that era of music and then people were like oh there's nobody like you and I'm like all right cool great but I mean there are are, like there are other groups but you know was it didn't seem to be a thing here and it was like well I didn't think about that that wasn't my motive and I think that's when it's coming from a more from a more like authentic place like we just love doing this I think that's where you get the best work. I think that's, yeah, yeah I think that's totally the case. Like, I mean, it feels like the past six months have just kind of snowballed slightly for us, you know, in the sense mm-hmm. of that we never um, 
set out, you know, at the beginning of going, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to, you know, and we never like essentially planned, you know, longer yeah. than a couple of months uh, or a couple of weeks, actually, in some cases. Mm-hmm. But like where we're at now is uh, it's astounding, actually. Like I sort of, um, I can't quite believe how far we've come in such a, a short space of time. You've mentioned collaborations that you've already been able to have before we get on to that like I'm interested in like the creative process it happens in the weirdest of places actually like it's never it's not a it's not as like strict or regimented as in you know we sit down on a you know a Monday morning and bash out all the ideas like it it can literally happen when I'm cooking dinner or uh, a lot of the time it happens when we go a walk and then and then often we come up with the ideas, whether that's one of us together, whatever, and then I'll I'll tend to sort of sit and write something and then we'll record it and then Callum will sort of sound design it. But obviously when I'm writing it, I've got to talk to you and be like, what sounds can you make? Can you do this? And there's been some things we've discovered that are not so fun for sound designing. So we did a, a space one once and Callum was like, great, I've exhausted all my space knowledge. We're never doing space again because that's really hard to sound design. And I was like, okay, good to know. Like things like that as well that happen. Um, or like, you know, there's there's one day when we were doing our Christmas like this Christmas audio adventure and Cam was just listening to various fart noises and was like right what sounds good and there was me going no it needs to sound more farty like really like really really farty like and all this kind of chat is brilliant it's really fun like but, we, we call this work this is I know I wasn't yeah, like this is fun what we call it's, work. it's moments like that though where you sort of just need to take stock of yourself and just be like I'm getting paid to do this. Yeah. Like, I'm literally getting paid to make fart noises or make a, an angry gnome or something yeah. like that. And you're just like, that's funny. Yeah, I wasn't really impressed weird. with your Phoenix noise, to be fair. Like, I can Oh, totally wow. That's good because I, I had a bit of a love hate relationship with that Phoenix, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in terms of the process, we try and collaborate. I think it's, a, it's in our nature to be collaborative. Totally. Um, we try not to put too much pressure on each of us individually to to produce you know the the, the sort of the, the story or the sound or you yeah. know like although we have very differing skill sets You're like i cannot make music or sound no and i'm not a writer obviously <laughs> but like we try not to put that solely on the other person yeah um because ultimately what we're trying to do and everything that we do is is to tell the story the best way we can mm. um you know and if that means that i need to read and read and read and potentially try my hand at like a little rewrite or like because I often think quite sonically about writing and about how it sounds um so when I read things I don't often read it grammatically correct if that makes any sense at all but I sort of hear it as opposed to like read it on the page or like when we're um, recording it you but that doesn't sound right Sarah. yeah like, you so know, like to change this word caught yeah. yeah and then similarly I think I feedback a bit to your sound design although again I'm not very technical so I'll be like can you make it sound more like boom 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 and he's like what <laughs> I like I'm like oh I just think it's the music should be really like you know adventurous and I'll like hum something and he'll be like right okay cool like, <laughs> I don't know, I'll come up with something that, I mean that's essentially how we work like it's it'd be really really hard to to ask you to do right you're only going to write and I'm only going to yeah. make music it's nice it's like stretching your comfort zones as well isn't it like just trying something new and just and like that convert that creative conversation that obviously you're usually having in rooms with other people like it's nice that you're able to do that with each other and try to decipher each other's like 
dun, dun, dun. Like, why is that? <laughs> yeah. Just clicking your fingers going, it just needs a little, just needs a little. Oh, I'm just that's like, what I say. Little Sarah, I literally don't know what that means, pal. I, <laughs> I say that to him so much. I'm like, I just want it to be a bit like sparkly, like a ding-a-ling-ling. And he's like, what? Okay. And I'm like, get just a bit of sparkle. Where's the sparkle? And he's like, okay. Great, great. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And in terms of like collaborating outside of your bear cave, Hmm. Who have you been able to team up with and what exciting projects have you been up to? Oh, wow. I mean, more than what we thought we would have done, um, that's for sure. Well, obviously, the pace thing was pretty cool. I mean, that was, that was I think that was essentially just a call out. And we were like, oh, we could do these things. Yeah, and, we sort uh, of pitched the idea to yeah, them. And they were and, like, yeah. Yeah, and Jenny at Pace really liked it. And so we, you know, we gave it a go. That's how the audio adventures came about. And people hmm. seemed to love it. Um and then we made more and some more. And yeah, and that's, again, those audio adventures have just kind of snowballed themselves into what they are now, which is great. And I think one of the beautiful things uh, about that is it sort of it discourages consumption because it's more about active listening, um, which is something that we discovered then and actually we're really passionate about bringing that forward in everything that we do. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the basis which is that i've just made my own segue yes you have uh, i know where you're going with this and that sort of helped us develop and work with hopscotch and to do the the festive audio adventure which was much longer that you know it's the longest piece of um you know audio immersive storytelling that we've ever made mm. we coined the phrase audiobook meets pantomime um nice. but it was you know but it was more about the sort of the, the active listening aspect of it and encouraging and yeah, yeah uh, encouraging and stimulating sort of curiosity and like imagination and stuff like that and so that yeah was great fun and that was amazing like uh hopscotch are lovely people um thomas is uh was really encouraging for, for us as you know yeah. as artists and as, and as a company um and really they approached want... us didn't yeah they, they like, sort of came to us stuff. could you do something for christmas because obviously pantomimes couldn't go into schools this year and everything so they're like is there something else we could offer instead um, and they supported us to make it which was great and we'd been thinking about something like that mm. anyway hadn't we um so we had this sort of fun uh yeah interactive adventure where it was the lost reindeer and you had to help poppy the elf find three missing reindeer before Christmas to save Christmas. Um, and there was different sort of like uh, listening, interactive exercises you did. So like there was one very farty reindeer. Blitzen. Blitzen, uh, who loved Obviously. mangoes. <laughs> there was no mangoes in the North Pole. Oh yeah, Blitzen, that does work, doesn't it? I don't think of that. Um, <laughs> and yes, you travel to the jungle to find him because he's trying to get all these mangoes, but he can't reach them and he won't come back to the North Pole till he gets his mangoes. So everyone has to stand up and jump up and down to shake the mango tree. And then you would hear the noise once you'd done enough jumping of all the mangoes falling and then then you collected your mangoes and you went back to the North Pole and then there was like dancer who loved to dance, obviously classic, mm-hmm. you know, all these wee sort of interactive elements to it. And uh, we weren't sure how it was going to work. And it's kind of a shame because we obviously couldn't be there to watch it in person. But the feedback we got um, was really great. And there was a lot of teachers who were like, oh, we weren't sure, you know, if they would engage with it or interact with it because it was just listening. But then they actually really did. And, you know, they were really getting into it and doing all the stuff and interacting with it. That's so um, cool. A total experiment, but really exciting to, to hear. I just wish we could have, like, had a little spy camera into the yeah, happening. But... <laughs> and uh, and um, recently we've, uh, I think we're allowed to say it now, uh, that we're yeah. uh, working with the Tron to um, deliver one of their suitcase stories. It's supposed to be like a pop-up community performance, uh, but how 
into the community we're going to be allowed to be um, in the next couple of months. It's still, uh, you yeah. Know, it's a bit unknown, so I'm not 100% yeah, sure. Yeah. But again, they were really supportive of, of us, again, as artists and as a, as a fledging new company. Yeah. And they were really keen to, you know, support us and to help us develop. Uh, and this is our first sort of foray into live. actual live performance. Yeah, yeah, because it's the idea, the very simple idea is that the audience members will have headphones, but they'll also be a live performer. Um, so going along with what they hear. So, and they're both quite linked. So it's going to be sort of like the live performers interacting with what you're hearing as well. So it's very much a, has to be live. It's not something you can just listen to at your leisure. So that's a total new experiment for us. The idea was that um, the immersive audio part of it was still present in the sense that it didn't matter where we did the performance, whether it was in a school hall or whether it was in your back garden, um, mm. we could still take you to the worlds and the landscapes that we wanted to take you to, uh, which you can only do with, with audio, actually. But yeah, but that's called The Happiness Collectors, mm. uh, and it will be, uh, hopefully coming to back gardens or school grounds or community centres hopefully uh, sometime in March hopefully if not there there may be an iteration of it somewhere yeah Uh, I love that and it's nice to hear that other creative companies and arts organisations are embracing like just that we're all having to think outside the box and do things a bit differently but the, the work doesn't necessarily need to stop entirely you found a way to create something new from the skills that you both had and that people are totally buying into because it's it's lovely and everybody's just desperate for the arts and that escapism and to use our imaginations. I think that's been the biggest push to us is just the reactions that people have had to what we're trying to make. It's been really encouraging and we're like, oh, other people get it too and they seem to be enjoying it. Like, this is really good. And the people that have wanted to make work with us, like, yeah, we feel very lucky. It's a big, been a big boost to us, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh, absolutely, I think. <clears throat> Without it, you know, these past, uh, al- well, the past yeah. almost a year, uh, which doesn't get any easier saying that, um, <laughs> you know, it could have been very bleak, actually, had we not, um, you know, managed to do as much as what we're doing with the audio story. I mean, what would we have done without having to work out what reindeer farts sound best and what phoenixes sound like? I mean, our life would have been very, very different. I know, just me, <laughs> like, there was one point, like, in November, oh, I think yeah. it was, and I, you walked into, like... <laughs> Because we've got an office as well as a studio, uh, I was sitting in the office with my head in my hands, going, "What does Christmas sound like?" <laughs> like I think you walked in and just was like, "Oh," and then closed the door again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check on him in an hour. It's so funny, like what yeah you, you do agonise over, but that is it's important stuff. Like you need to know what Christmas sounds like. You have to get it right. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean half the problem is that we're we're so. I don't want to say you know perfectionists in what we do, but we like it to be the best possible yeah. you know quality. Like every project needs to be the best thing we've ever done. Obviously, Absolutely. you know, and that's yeah. the way we sort of view things. Yeah. So I think you know, in those moments, you're like, oh, well, I'm not putting this out if it's rubbish. Oh, yeah. totally imposter so. syndrome is like oh real everybody's got it though I've, I've discovered in this podcast everybody's got imposter syndrome i thought it was just me i know no, you do it's think everyone. it's just you then you're like, everyone's like no we all have those moments and i think it's been it's been both great and hard that like we have each other to work with and collaborate with like that is brilliant but also difficult in that sometimes and what we've realized recently is in the future we'd love to like be able to bring in other people to the work that we're doing and have other writers and um, maybe other sound designers and voice artists definitely voice artists pure Callum is sick of hearing only my voice being recorded 
but that's yeah, the position for now while we sort of you know get ourselves set up and try things out and and hopefully as we grow we can bring more people in because also that will help us to keep thinking of new ideas and help our like creative process as well to bring in other people too but at the same time we're also so fortunate that we have you know each other mm. and everything that we need to make the work right here in our homes especially in this time that has been an absolute blessing like yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah absolutely like i mean i can still remember when this uh bear cave studios that we're sat in now was our hallway cupboard yeah. uh, just <laughs> full of random nonsense and you know and i remember that week or two where i just was like i'm doing it and ripped the whole place out and like you know it was the first time i'd built anything like this obviously but like yeah. looking at it now i'm like oh that's pretty good actually yeah. you know yeah, <laughs> it, it absolutely is and that's the you know we've all got taken it embrace the positives that have came out of the last year and like the gratitude for the time and space to, to make new things you know so i think it's important that you do celebrate that and like you're putting something out into the world that other people are getting enjoyment out of which yeah, is lovely. I think it's also made us realize that actually being in control of what we are doing you know creatively and professionally um is, is actually something that's really important to us without really knowing that yeah. um making the terms of our own work is something that uh we actually haven't done like not really no. um mm. just being able to um you know curate the type of content that we want to put out instead of like necessarily fulfilling someone else's ideas of what that needs to be we're only fulfilling our own and that's something that not everyone gets to experience actually and uh again I feel really fortunate that we that we're in a position to do that yeah and I think like you were you were saying Lisa as well it is the sort of silver lining to this year because honestly I don't think we would have done any of this if we hadn't been in this situation weirdly so not to say that we're grateful for the situation but it's, it's nice to find the positives out of these difficult times and to go well actually um you know we would never have gotten around to, to building this studio or we never maybe would have had these ideas um so you know yeah it's the silver linings isn't it it's focusing on the little tiny bits of positive that you've managed to find somehow absolutely yeah and so many people will be thankful for it do you know what I mean because like we're like I was saying earlier we're just craving the arts we're craving that escapism kind of thing so I think it's wonderful what you're doing and obviously it started with a bespoke story for your nieces like is that something that you're hoping to explore as well like, that creating bespoke stories for people I mean I can't imagine how much work that would entail like obviously like you know we're going to make a story for you because I remember getting a book when I was wee and it was one of these like it was obviously pre-written but then they could slot in so many names so like it, I was in it Emma was in it my cat was in it and it was a Christmas story and I remember just thinking it was like the best I was like oh my word like I'm in this story what yeah yeah i think that's well that's how the the, the personalized audio story experience came about which we've just not mentioned at all that's why i did which, but yeah i mean that was a massive part of actually how we came about and and how we were able to sustain ourselves for so long actually you know because yeah. because obviously the original sort of stories that we did for all in mara were you know uber personalized and we thought well maybe we could do this but obviously you know technically you think about the the, the um the intricacies of all of that and you go well that's just mind-boggling actually if you had to recreate that from scratch every single time so hence why the the, the personalized audio story experience uh came about and we managed to secure ourselves you know a little bit of funding to do actual development work you know and really focus on what it is and what it could be um and, you know to try and make these mechanisms for production of it essentially um as to how to make it you know easy and how to make it uh effective and cost effective and, and everything in between so yeah so we spent a, we've spent a hell of a lot of time actually like thinking and 
writing and rewriting and working with you know some amazing dramaturgs on that as well mm. like you know working with our pals basically uh, who also just happen to be amazing yeah so we're still testing that idea out we've still got some time left for our development and funding to work that out so we don't know if it's going to be something we can offer out um just as general it's such a great idea so far we're getting good feedback about people being excited to try it so we've got some um some participants we're testing it out on with their young people so they're all going to get this wee story and we're going to get to try out how to make them and they'll give us some feedback it might not be possible as an idea like yeah just to for people to just you know get for someone but it might be something we could do like project specific like for specific groups of young people we're looking at maybe young people that are maybe more isolated for whatever reason and maybe that could be something we could offer them but so we're still testing that out but it's been really fun to make and i'm really excited to see the reactions of like um the young people getting their stories yeah, about oh, yeah. them because like obviously seeing my nieces react it was so lovely so you know like each each one is about them and they get different personalised elements. We've got like their name, their favourite colour, their favourite snack, their favourite magical creature or their party trick, like all these different things that we put in the story. So I'll be really excited to see the reactions and then we'll have a lot of thinking to do to see what is technically possible taking it forward you know i think once we sort of came up with the idea we were like why is no one doing this like why is this not a thing yeah. and actually now that we've started doing it i can completely see why it's not a thing um <laughs> it's because it's tricky. it's really hard actually you know in a purely commercial sense whether we can make that work you mm. know for us in yeah. terms of like timing the and amount of work it yeah. yeah you'd like to do all of the, the things all of the time but like you have yeah. to be, you know you have to pay the bills and like the, there's only so yeah. many hours in the day and do you know what i mean but it's nice to have like that experimentation with it just to be like is this something we could do like what did we learn from the process of just like figuring it out i guess as well do you know what i mean like yeah, absolutely so then yeah. know what's possible and what you want to concentrate your efforts on as well like what do we get the most joy out of what what's getting the most kind of like feedback the response it certainly informed a lot of our decisions like moving forward as well like we've learned mm. a lot from it and in, in every sense you know from sound design to storytelling to writing um it's definitely been massively beneficial for us as creators of this type of work mm. and you know potentially it will be massively beneficial for the company uh the company, the company. uh you know moving <laughs> forward so yeah, this sounds like more than two of us, doesn't I it? I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love it though. I totally like commend you for for going with it and you know and just biting the bullet and buying the domain name and like creating this lovely website and creating these wonderful stories and and just saying yeah we've got we've got the ability we've got the stuff here like why not let's just do it and and being bold enough and brave enough to to just go for it because like we we could have all just been sitting on our hands that, and you know no one would judge you like if you just spent the last year going what's happening because like hello what is happening but it's nice that for your own sakes that you've been able to go into a more positive headspace like you've been able to create stuff together and, and put it out for other people to enjoy I think that's that's really cool I mean, we've definitely had the uh, what we're we doing moments as well and the very unproductive days, but we've also had this, which has been lovely to sort of balance it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like if you do go into like your own projects again, once the world opens up and we're allowed to go and work with other people and do other things, like that'll still just feed back into the audio story company and what you make. Absolutely. I think that's one thing that we are very passionate about is that the audio story company is is now a thing and it's mm. going to continue being a thing uh, and hopefully we can you know keep making and keep experimenting uh you know with the type of 
the work that we're doing as well. You know, we're going to keep evolving and keep responding to, you know, the circumstance that we find ourselves in and hopefully keep telling, you know, stories that we think are important and that can be beneficial and hopefully work with other people to tell even more stories. You know, I think, you know, the possibilities right now are, are great. I'm dead excited to see what you go up to next. Aye, us too. Yeah, I know. Who knows what's next? <laughs> so I'm going to take you on to what's called the hingamajigs, which are just random questions that I like to ask my guests. Oh, this is my favourite bit of your show. <laughs> I must say, I did really enjoy your Scots language audio story. That I was fair enjoying that. Good, oh, thank good. You. Yeah, was... Educational, educational. Yeah. And yes. you know the thing, the thing about that, Scots, that was like we made that in like a day. You'd you'd mentioned it's it like <laughs> ages ago, ages ago. You were like, I want to do a thing in Scots, and I was like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And then you were like, oh, it's Burns Night next week. No, uh, it was the Saturday, and it was the Monday, and it was Saturday afternoon. <laughs> and I was like, what's well, Burns Night Monday? And I was like, maybe that idea I had. And then you were like, yeah. And then we both just sort of went. Okay, go, 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 quickly. <laughs> Write something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, we, looked, we honestly knocked that up, wrote it, recorded it on Saturday. I did all the sound and music on Sunday and then punted it out to the world on uh, on Monday. And, and, time, and time for <laughs> Rabbit Burns. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you just gotta grab those like light bulb moments, like you said earlier on. Just just go with it, kind of thing. But yeah, I've had I've been having lots of conversations about Scots language recently. When I saw you guys had put that on, I was like, yes, muckle. (laughs) (laughs) All the words, and you know we're going to get to the last question that I ask everybody. But before we get there, what is the best sound ever? Controversially, Mm. right? I'm gonna. I'll say it. I'll put it out there. I really enjoy silence. You do, you Pe- really do. I really do. And people often overlook how important silence is in storytelling and in life, actually. You know, forget storytelling. Silence is really important. Being able to, like, switch your, your brain off and being able to, like, just completely put the outside world away, uh, even just for a moment, is um, is really, like, important, actually. I think people fill their lives with noise and... Uh, I've tried very hard to denoise my life this past year, actually. Uh, uh, you know, in, in the broadest sense of what I mean by that. Um, you know, there's just so much going on and so much outside influence and, like, mm. so much... Uh, you, you can get overwhelmed very quickly, actually, if you sort of listen to everything. So I think it's really, really important to just take the silence and sit in it, actually. Um, and it has been for me. But yes, but I think actual sounds, actual sounds. Okay. Oh, you have an actual sound. I, have, well. I think I have an actual sound as well. Like I really enjoy, actually, it's not even a sound. It's Again, it's kind of the sound of nothing. I love just like uh, atmosphere because I, I climb a lot of mountains. That's kind of my only yeah. hobby outside of like, you know, sound and music and storytelling and stuff. Uh, but I really enjoy just like listening to what's like happening around me. Like I love listening to like the you know the the plants and the winds or trees and the wind or grass or you know I just I love like sitting at the top of a mountain or in you know like a nice glen or something and just like hearing stags in the distance like natural ambience. I really really love. Are you not out there like just recording it all? Like I would just do, yeah. Literally. There's also there's a, there's actually <laughs> stuff on the, the audio story company now. Do uh, we do like uh, ninety minute long uh, ambience recordings? 
that you can go onto the website you can, or, or YouTube and you can just like put it on the background. It's completely ad-free. You have no interruptions. Put it on if you need to study or just escape any other noise that's happening. Mm-hmm. Great answers, Callum. I feel like I expected some really good answers from you as well because you? of what you... Yeah, you are like a sound person. Do you know what I mean? I was like, he's going to have really good answers. So let's <laughs> You know you need to come at as well, like the totally like trivial, frivolous sound. <laughs> You're going to be like, egg parts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I mean... <laughs> it makes everyone laugh, doesn't it? Uh, I don't know. I, my first thought actually was laughter. Like when my, because we've obviously like not been able to see our nieces and stuff, and we've got a new little baby one who was born at the very start of lockdown. And whenever I get wee videos of her like now giggling, I can honestly listen to babies giggling all day. Like it's just, it's beautiful. Um, that or because you were saying about outdoors, I do love the sound of the sea. It's very relaxing. Do you know what I mean? I could just sit by the sea and like, ah, oh, lovely. Favourite childhood meal? I mean, that's an easy one. It's uh, craft cheesy pasta. <laughs> I mean, there's no, I don't think anybody could argue with that either. You know, you'd open the cupboard, you'd see that beautiful red box glistening in the, 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 the strip lighting. <laughs> <laughs> the smell of the powdered cheese. Oh, everything about it just that's so funny. ticks the boxes. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I love that's it. So funny. And on the box, it always said serves two to three, but did it buggery? <laughs> no like... chance. Should have said barely serves one. I <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> that's really hard. I can't think. My poor mum will be listening to this. Like I've made you so many amazing meals, <laughs> um, and she does. She's an amazing baker as well. So I always get a lot of a lot of good home baking. But for some reason, the only thing I could think of, sorry, mum, if you're listening to this, um, and it's not necessarily because of the meal. So every now and then on a Saturday night, you'd get a wee takeaway, right? And we'd all sit around the table and we'd have, our favourite was like this wee Chinese takeaway near us. But what we'd do, right, is we'd have, you know, our living room and our sort of dining room, it was like all one room, like just, and there was the wee TV in the sort of living room side. And as a treat, right, we'd get our takeaway and we'd be allowed to turn the TV around so that when we're all sitting at the table, my mum's going to hate me for saying this, she'd be like, we didn't let you watch TV that much, but it was a treat. And we'd get to watch Blind Day on a Saturday night while eating our Chinese takeaway. And honestly, I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good answer. These are great answers. You want it. Um, this is literally just a boom. A bo- or, or a boom, boom, boom. Sarah is where we're talking about. <laughs> 99 or a nugget wafer? 99. Okay. I had to do this one because obviously I know you are keen adventurers. What is your adventure snack of choice? We're up, we're talking a lot about food, but hey ho. I'm okay with that. I love food. Love food is it. life. <laughs> food is is the main joy of our lives right now. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, oh that is hard. Yeah. I it varies for me. Like so for okay. example, if I know I'm not gonna like so if I'm gonna away like overnight camping or something or whatever, uh, the one thing that I take with me that oh. I can't eat at home is a bag of peanut M and M's because Sarah has a nut allergy, so yeah. we don't have we don't have nuts in the house at all. Oh, of course, right. Whenever he's away from me for a long enough period, they won't see me. Just like slathers himself oh, in nuts and peanuts dude. and all kinds Honestly. of stuff. <laughs> see, when I was like away on tour as well, I used to just like lie in bed at night covered in peanuts. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> That's that. I guess my answers are two parter because if I'm not with you. I'll go peanut daft, honey roasted cashews or like pistachios, yeah. anything. Just see if it's a nut, I'll eat it. Um, but I guess my go-to is usually like a whisper gold. Oh, 
Now you're talking. I didn't even know they still made them. Aye. Oh yes. Oh, Sarah got me a box of them for Christmas. Like not just a not just like a four pack. I mean a box. Like <laughs> a year's supply. Yeah. Well, a year's supply that's been smashed in a month. <laughs> yeah. I think I go for a, a, a caramel wafer. Ooh. What tonics can caramel wafer? Yeah, but sometimes if I can find them, the dark chocolate ones. Because we've got these wee pockets in our backpacks, which I I got a backpack for Cal for my present, and I was buzzing because it's got these wee pockets at the strap at the front. And he was like, "Oh, they're like snack pockets," and I was like, "I'm sold." Because see, when you're walking and you're getting hungry and you just want to reach in, so I filled those wee pockets with caramel wafers. No, no, I want a whisper gold. <laughs> Do it. You won't regret it. <laughs> and you know it's coming because it's the last question that I ask everybody in the podcast is what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? This is so hard because I actually have so many. But because we used it in the audio adventure, I'm going to say this one in the wee Scots audio adventure. Um, it's a word meaning sort of like upside down, which is tapsaltiri. And I love it. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think the thing that I say most often is... Uh, well, two. I kind of like. I I often say okay, like I just say it, you know, like in <laughs> in everyday speak, um, for anything. But the one that I like actively, I'm like, oh, I love saying it. Is like away you go, and I'm not sure like how like massively Scots that is, but like away you go is a phrase that no one else kind of says, do they? And and you know in the way that we mean it, because it could mean like mm. away you go, as if you know that's amazing, or like away you go. You know, as if you know, beat at you, and I think that's the beautiful thing about a lot of Scots words is that they're yeah. like they, they could mean anything you want them to mean by how you say it. I, I'm sure this is one that everyone knows as well as peely wally. It's like whenever you were ill when you were young, your mum's like, "Oh, you're looking peely wally," and I didn't really realise that was a Scottish word until I lived down south for a bit, and I'd be like, "Oh, you're looking a bit peely wally," and everyone was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, great additions to the Brobrave phrase book for sure. Thank you guys for on. Listen, this has been a total joy. I'm delighted to sit down with you and have a chat at this moment. I'm sure in a year's time, they'll be like, we'll need to do another podcast because all the adventures that you'll have been on together with the Audio Story Company. But thank you so much for joining the Broad Brave Clan and I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you very much. Thank it's you so much for an absolute, us. Yeah, it's been an absolute joy. Yeah, an uh, absolute joy. Thank yeah. you. Feels like a little, uh, no, like, like a little uh, famous moment. <laughs> You know, because like you listen, you listen to these podcasts, and then you're suddenly you're on the podcast, and you're like, oh, <laughs> that makes me feel fancy. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just in my cupboard. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Brawn the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.